the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What's our name? Welcome to the Mission Podcast on the North South Connection. I'm Tim Slavka. I'm JP. Thanks for joining us again. As always, we're on the journey to live the new generation era to find the best and some of the worst of the time period often forgotten. Brennan Shaw at Survivor Series 92 to Brennan Shaw at Survivor Series 97. We look beyond the weekly pay-per-views, examine the weekly TV, and see what worked, what could have worked, and what failed. JP, there's only one way to start this podcast by saying, Duh Bears. Bear down. Super Bowl, just how many in a row will we win is right now the question. Well, the Patriots won six. We blew out the Patriots, so that means we're going to win seven. It's good. It's yes. only right. So Yeah, and all in a row, too. They took years off. Right, of exactly. <laughs> exactly. Maybe, I mean, bunch of know. them. So, yeah, Chicago in a crazy uh, high right now. Out of, out of nowhere, the, the Bears turned a, a, a monster game the other week. The Bulls have started hot, and the Blackhawks have actually, for the, supposed to be the worst team in the NHL, are actually playing pretty well. So it's yeah. a crazy, crazy uh, Chicago sports time. From like two weeks ago, it looked like we were the death. You know, no teams made the playoffs. We're garbage. You know, like just it's really quickly turned around. So well, it's like it's it's cool. Like I like seeing these wins, but like they don't know how to do a rebuild. Right? Like they're not stuck no. enough. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the first thing my brother texted when I, I'm like, "Hey, the Hawks are playing real good." He goes, "They suck at being bad." <laughs> right, right. Like, like they're probably gonna end up trading Taves and then win like ten in a row again. Right. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's cool to see them win, but in the end, you're like, okay, you're really not gonna go anywhere. You kind of need to lose right now, but I guess I guess you really can't ever be mad at seeing your team win, you know? Yeah, I, I I never like that like like take on purpose. Like I get like right. the point of rebuilding, but like just taking on purpose. Like the, right. to me, the, well, the players are never going to do it, right? You're never going to get a player, and even a coach, right? They're never going to do it no. uh, on purpose. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of a fool's thing to say like, oh, they're not going to try hard. Like no one's doing that for their career. So I, I get that, but I, I don't mind if you're doing a full rebuild. I think that's right. But just saying, hey, let's just tank. Uh, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't like ex- ex- exploit the fans, like take advantage of them either. Like, like even the Cubs came on good at the end of the season this year. You know, amongst the rebuild, it's just it just sucks when like three quarters of your teams are all rebuilding at the same exact time, and you kind of have like the Bulls are who are in the kind of like the middle of the landscape. So I was hoping yep. one of them one of them works out right. You know? Yeah, I don't know how to handle the the Bulls. It's like they're kind of good, but they don't have a superstar. Ish, right. right? They kind of have two good players, but nothing. Uh, no one like the superstar, right? Like, exactly. so we'll, we'll we'll see. But okay, enough Chicago sports talk. Anything else <laughs> new in the world? No, nothing much, man. No hurricanes or nothing here, so nothing really to report on. You know, that, that's that, that's good. That's good. Everything yeah, back to normal. Yeah, Everything good. back to normal. The trees, yeah, the trees out the yards and stuff. Oh no, no. I mean, it's still a mess down here as far as that goes. Like, there's still trees, like. Well, everybody brings it to the front of the property, and, and the county is supposed to pick it up. But, I mean, all of Hillsborough County hasn't even been picked up yet, so it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Again, yeah. The same, we didn't have a hurricane, but we had, like, a nasty tornado a, a couple years ago. And it didn't really – the tornado didn't hit Chicago, but, like, the winds were that type of level. And it was, right. like, weeks to see trees, like, in the, in the you know, the gutter just right. unpicked up. So I totally get it. It's got to be a long, long time before they, uh, the public service guys get everything cleaned up. 
All right, should we uh, let's move on to some superstars and raws before Survivor Series, our last kind of push, and we got some major changes happening here. So let's uh, let's get on. So we're gonna start with um, the eleven uh, eight raw. This is gonna be live from Pennsylvania, Bushkill, Pennsylvania, which Vince makes it seem like we should all know what city this is. I've never heard of it before. He talks about some mountain range, which I don't even I've ever heard of that mountain range, but they're at some <laughs> some town I've never heard of before. Vince makes it seem like a big deal. Uh, but we got live, so the crowd's ready to go uh, here. And we got only Vincent, Vincent Bobby right now for this week again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went to Super Smash with, with like, yeah, guy. yeah. So like, so the starting of this raw was cool, and you know, we we beat this down enough, like how they have different openings, and like yep. this this opens with like Luke Borga and Scott Steiner, like like with a side profile, kind of like a sports type feel to it. Yeah. Um, like running each other down. I thought that was awesome because like uh, Scott especially isn't like the greatest promo, but like in this setting, he really came off really well. So you kind of got like a, a big time feel for this match. And um, the way they hype it, it's like it's a main event, but then you get it right off the bat of the show, which is awesome. So, um, you know, for our opening match is Ludwig versus Scott Steiner and they build Borga at 308 pounds, which is crazy to me. Like, he does not look that big. Nope. Yeah. Like, he looks more like 250, 260. So, when they said 308, I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. What's, but what's, what's Booger at, then? What's Booger right, at? Right, right, right. <laughs> He's got to be, like, 450 pushing five bills, if that's the case, you know? Right. So, then, uh, you know, it's cool to see, like, these two both, like, power jacked guys, but they're both pretty athletic. Um, so it's a nice little matchup here between the two, and it fits like the Survivor Series um, mantra, like the anti-American versus the American guys. So it's a cool little um, setup here. And like in the beginning, Scott does like a couple huge power moves to Borga. It's like really impressive. Like he's just tossing Borga, who's, who's built at 308 pounds around. So um, after after that, Borga hits like a, a really stiff flying clothesline. It looked like like he just nailed the shit out of him. Like I've been low on that move being his finisher, but like, is a is a comeback move for him to kind of break up Scott Steiner's heat. I thought this was awesome. Um, and then a little bit after that, the Quebecers make their way down to the ringside, which is you know it kind of expected with this build to this match of, you know, the anti-American or the foreign fanatics versus um, the American team. So they come down and Rick comes down as well, and then. Like, while this is all going on, they're kind of debating, like, Scott goes to the top and hits an ugly-ass drop kick from the top. Like, I don't know if he was just getting ahead of himself. He was just too hyped up, but he yep. he took T- a T- shitty landing. Terrible drop kick. That's the exact quote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so ugly. And yeah. then it ends up with Borga drags Rick into the ring, which creates a brawl, which is, you know, smart ending considering that the – the big match is coming up. You really don't want to like pin either one of the guys. So yeah, um, I, th- I think they're presenting Borga is definitely undefeated, and definitely the mm-hmm. Steiners is like they've only lost this one time to a cheap move. Like right. they're definitely trying to present that uh, when they lost to uh, uh, the Quebecers, right? It was kind of on a cheap mm-hmm. uh, thing, so I think they're trying to present it that way. Yeah, and, and like, this was you know you're not expecting some five star classic or anything like that, but I thought this was like a good. Uh, storyline progressor of a match and kind of just displayed to, you know, athletic freaks pretty much in the ring. So I thought this was a, this is a pretty fun way to open the show, you know, yeah. just gets you started and keeps Survivor Series in your mind. 
yeah, really fun uh, mountain. Good, you kind of mentioned it earlier, like two guys that kind of have like similar BP, you know, not the best in the ring, but, you know, decent enough, right? And have a move set that like they do moves kind of slowly, but they're impactful, right? Like they're, you know, very power moves that are set up very well. So fun stuff there. Uh, I thought there was a ton of, you know, especially because it's live. I feel like that always adds like, it seems like first match to huge USA chance. I noticed throughout mm-hmm. it. Um, and I also mentioned that, you know, when, when they're, when the Quebecers and Steiners get out there, like they're really building this feud out of nothing. Like Borga really has nothing to them. Uh, like before, except for just foreigner versus USA, but they've really kind of built this up. The, you know, got the Quebecers involved. So really fun kind of match. I agree, kind of lame ending, but it makes sense two weeks out from the Survivor Series and just the guys that they're building up, right? Like, they're still building Steiners as superstars, and Borga is this undefeated monster who just fought, uh, who just beat Tatanka. They're not going to make either guy lose, so right. totally get that. So, yeah, fun, fun, definitely a fun opener. Uh, we get that get Jeff Jarrett. Uh, he's at the Grand Ole Opry. Uh, he's got the laugh in there uh, now when he does his double J. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's got the ha-ha, <laughs> uh, he's got his uh, gold tooth as well. Uh, it really just is losing his mind that why he's not in the Rhyme Auditorium for the Grand Ole Opry. Like, he, he can't believe that he's not being let in. So uh, they've really been beating this guy up with vignettes. Some things we haven't seen from, from some other guys, you know, Adam Baum and Bastion Booger, like, kind of came up with no vignettes. But this guy really is coming out, out with, like, his vignettes first before he's showing up in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get our main our main stakes uh, men on the mission. Got another fun team to have it out live. The crowd goes crazy for them, um, and they uh, you know standard squash. They look good. Uh, kind of a team that's floundering, given that they're not don't really have a feud right now and going into Survivor Series not fighting um, anyone. But you know they're so over with the crowd right now that it's fine. But kind of a team that probably needs something, just like we kind of mentioned with Adam Bomb. Like all right, let's let's get them moving on something. Because I don't right. think they've had a few. Have they fought anyone with like talent yet? No, I mean, yeah, they've just been like I. I think they're getting away with being so over with the crowd, so like they don't feel the need to invest in a, in a program with them yet for some reason. Yeah. Um, because they are just so over, and I just really wish they would. Like this is like the 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 time I would like to see them in there with maybe like a heavenly bodies or something like that, like the more season right. season team to get them moving, but. Um, they're still just fun to watch. Like even like their double team moves, you know, like they're like I put in my notes, their double job kicks better than a rock and roll express. Like I don't care how uh, <laughs> how blasphemous yeah. that sounds. You know? I, I I won't disagree, but that yeah, they definitely get some slack on that. Oh I don't, yeah, uh, I don't care. <laughs> but, but it um it, it's just cool to see like you know like that and and they are rocking like this different bright gold and purple too on their yep. tights, so they're, they're trying something different out. Um. Yeah, just they've they've been fun. But like you said, I would like to see them kind of invested in something and maybe you know get on the mic a little bit just to kind of see where they can go with that. Um, just to you know jazz them up a little bit, I guess. Yep, agreed. Um, so so after that, we get like a quick little SummerSlam report, and um, we get some spirited words from Brett talking about Jerry Lawler, like saying how his family's gonna get a hold of him, and I just wrote sigh after this knowing what what <laughs> yeah. happens because it's building up so good um you know we'll we'll talk eventually about what happens but it just sucks um and then there's like a quick <laughs> a quick video of undertaker basically threatening to kill people that drink and drive so yeah i guess that's uh you know i guess if you drink and drive he's gonna kill you so take we saw this early, 
it's so weird because we saw remember we saw it earlier like don't do drugs with right. Taker too. So like I don't know how he's the the spokesman of like clean living. Like he seems like the wrong guy. Right. Yeah, he's he looks stoned or or whatever. Yeah. You know, he's it's all tatted up or whatever. Like, it, he looks like a grunge era, you know, stoner or whatever kinda. But yeah, I don't I don't know why he became the poster man for this, but there you are, you know. Um, then we get a quick squash with Rick Martel versus Jobber. Um, this squash was kind of, uh, kind of boring. Like, I, like, Rick Martel was really fun in the 80s. Like, like, you know, AWA Rick Martel. This, I'm not like the biggest fan of Martel in this time period. Um, I think he's cool. Like, he's not, you know, blow away talent at this time. Like, I don't, I, and I think he's got like problems and stuff at home with his wife, whatever. So I know he's not like, 100% invested probably, so that's probably part of it, but um, this didn't really do anything for me um, as a squash. Like, I, I know it's a squash, but, you know, we've yeah. seen fun squashes and everything, too, so I'm not going to, like, you know, give him any slack or anything like that, but... Um, and then Especially without, get, without, the, without, like, the pure model give, gimmick, like, he's not running yeah. that as much right now. Like, he's kind of a bland guy. Like, he's just a good technician, so as a guy you can see, like, him fighting Virgil or something like that might be more entertaining than just, like, squash, right? A guy like Virgil, or sorry, Ludwig Borga, Men on the Mission, Sanders, those guys are good squashes, right? Because they can do quick moves. Like, he's more mm-hmm. finesse, and arm holds are just kind of like, all right, I'm holding on your arm. Like, I got the Boston Crab. It's really kind of a nothing move. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know why you see it, so yeah, it's kind of more bland squash. Well, it's like it's like uh, it's like Mr. Perfect, like like right. they, like I think they take advantage of you knowing who they are already, so they don't feel like they have to like pump any more into the character. When if you would just add a little touch to um, Martel being you know uh, Canadian, French Canadian, or whatever, being on the yeah. foreign fanatics and all that kind of stuff, like you know, just kind of hype that up a little bit more, I guess. Um, but then after that, we get a uh, another squash with Crush and the Jobber. And um, as Crush is being introduced, Vince is holding Macho Man back, which I thought was awesome. And then, like, Savage just tosses Vince to the floor and attacks Crush. And this shit was insane. Like, this was so good. Like, this feud, I would yep. have never, ever, ever imagined loving this feud the way I'm loving this feud so far. Like, like I, I've only seen, like, the WrestleMania 10 match out of this feud ever. Um, you know, just like watching the pay-per-views, going back and watching them and everything like that. I've never seen like this era of TV. Okay. You could have told me, oh, I, like I'm looking forward to the Crush Savage feud, and I would have never believed it had been this good. So I just, it's crazy that Vince gets rid of Savage eventually when he shows that yep. he has this much, um, credibility. Like he brings so much to the table. And a difference. And a difference. Right. Like they need, they need this type of stuff. Like they can't go with a bland. Like they need something different. Not everyone has to be attitude era crazy, but like right. this is something different than they're presenting with everyone else. Yeah. And like, like him throwing Vince to the floor. Right. Him being the longtime, you know, commentator partner with Vince. So it's, it's more when he's the one throwing Vince to the floor. Like it's, it's a big deal. It's like when, what was it? Was it Piper that hit Vince with the chair back in like yep. ninety one or so? Ninety one. Yep. It, yeah, it reminds me of that kind of of, of moment, like him just doing that. I was, I was just like shocked when I saw it. I was like, holy shit! Like I did not expect that, and it it, it felt so real. Like it made the um, feud between Crush and Savage real. So I don't know how you felt about that moment, but I thought that was like such a perfect uh, addition to the show there. Yeah, and they also. Uh they kind of said, I think Macho called in 
uh, or was he in the thing? I just have notes that he says like nothing. So I think he might have called in, but he just was like he was kind of very stoic. Uh, and then Macho came out, and he was Vince was or, uh, Vince was like knew something was going to happen, right? Like so it was a great setup. Like Macho's going to lose his mind; he can't control himself. So I thought it was an awesome, awesome setup. Uh, and there, I, I know we see it a little bit later. And uh, sorry if you mentioned it, but they also fight again, which is an awesome fight in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's not just like oh this one little moment like this is two guys that hate each other so I, I really liked it uh, this whole the whole segment combined with both pieces um, and then we get a uh, the only other thing I had was that and I know it's a little bit back was there's a vote this voting keeps happening where who does Luger want to face uh, oh yeah next week and uh, I, I assume it's rigged but the, the, I think they announced that he's going to fight, that all the calls have been tallied and he's going to fight Pierre next week at the Quebecers. So it makes sense that they're going to actually fight someone that's in the uh, in the feud that he's with. So kind of interesting matchup there. Uh, but this kind of weird call-in thing that I, they haven't done yet, and I don't know if they'll ever do it again. So definitely a weird gimmick they were trying to do there. Probably just trying to get people on the hotline. So Right. Um, and then, oh, my God, the return that everyone is has been waiting for. <laughs> Mr. Bob Backlund is back for Barry Harwitz. I was cheering for Barry Harwitz as much as I could, but Backlund uh, picks up the victory in a, in a standard crappy match uh, from the old geezer. I don't. He's. It's been a while since he's been back. Uh, I couldn't believe it when I saw the the little uh, icon of this RAW that he was the icon. Like, how is he? Yes. The, of like ten people in this RAW, like he's the worst of anyone. So somehow. Some intern decided he was the one that would get people to watch this episode. So well, and see that that's part of what like got me because like I'll look through those through those tabs just to kind of like okay, this guy's debuting on this episode, or, yeah. or I, I I can't wait to see this. This is when that moment happens, and I saw Backlund. I'm like, wait, wait, no, this is what way the too heck? early. Yeah, I'm like this is too early for the snap, the yeah. turns. But what what could this be that he does? And I saw he fought Barry Horowitz. I'm like, what? And then, Why? then, yeah, and then like he, part of the it's really just a backdrop for Savage and Crush. So like his matches, even they don't even care, you know. Like, yep. So it, it, yeah, it was weird that that he was the the highlight there. So, but I guess that's the loyalty to the the champion of six years or whatever he was. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I just don't know if they're mocking him. Like, I, I still don't get this. Like, <laughs> right. are they just straight up mocking him? Like, I, I don't know. So. Yeah, uh, tough tough way to end it, but like you kind of mentioned, in the backdrop, they have the crush, they talk about the crush thing, then they show them fighting backstage. They're they're all in on this feud. It's an awesome feud to start off. Uh, they've been playing it up for a long time. We kind of talked about a couple weeks ago how they, you know, they, uh, crush would call in, he'd hang up on Macho. Like, they've really slow played it, but also, like, given it a lot of juice in the feud. So, uh, like that. Anything else you had in your notes on this? No. Oh, all right. Nope, I'm all good. Uh, and then we're going to move on to superstars. So this is the uh, eleven thirteen superstars um, here. Uh, this was taped back on October 20th. Um, so we, we get there. It just kind of like timeline is kind of weird. They still have King and Vince McMahon on commentary. They mentioned that Macho Man has been barred from commentary after the actions of uh, last Monday night. Uh, so interesting there. Uh, interesting that the King's still there, given what they announced on Monday nights. Um, again, we get uh, we're gonna start off kind of weird that we start off again with kind of some of the same people, but men on the mission. Uh, they're in their different outfits. I've actually wrote the Mabel for some reason. This outfit looks bigger. Mm-hmm. And then was listening to uh, now into the Rumble, and they were uh, the guys were talking about Mo 
and how is Mo twenty six? There's no right. way. I gotta reach. There's no way. I like. Right. I like. After I listen to that, I'm watching this match. I'm like, this guy can't be twenty six. There's just <laughs> exactly there's no way. Um, the, I, I kind of know on this, the crowd I didn't feel as as much into them as normally. It's kind of a weird crowd. There's you know, a lot of um, uh, crowd sweetening in these matches, so it might just be the kind of small setup. But we're really in this era of like superstars being in like high school gyms or theaters. Versus being, uh, you know, like in uh, big arenas where they kind of the crowd sweeting doesn't seem as bad, right? Um, you notice anything about that? Yeah, yeah it feels like it happens more on the superstars. For some yeah, reason. but yeah, it, it was definitely noticeable here on this, one hundred percent. But yeah, better on the mission. Uh, 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 another big win. But what my nose was, I don't think they have a finishing move. Something they probably could have they could have figured out. Or I haven't seen them really get one. But it might have been something. It might have been fun to do. Uh, just well, like most, most pretty limited in the uh, <laughs> in, in his ability. It seems like. Yeah, they they do the move where like sometimes where Mabel will stand up and then Mo does like a bulldog onto Mabel onto right. the opponent, like pushes him on there, which is I guess just showing off the size of Mabel, which is kind of cool, but it's not as impactful. No, it, it could yeah. be cool, but it, I don't think it has a name or anything like. Right. Right. It's, it's kind of a bland um, move. Yeah. Definitely could come off really cool, but I think just Mo's not very good to like make it sell, right? Like I just he right. doesn't, he doesn't come off as credible. Where Mabel does kind of a little bit, like he's just a big guy in the way Vince talks him up, but they really don't talk up Mo like he's anybody. Exactly. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah. So um, from there we get a face to face between uh, Brett and Lawler here, and you know like these are like two top five guys all time for me so this is awesome um i really thought and it hurts to say this i really thought lawler just like absolutely torched brett here though like brett yep he, he gets this thing where he does like the he like he was real spirited real like you know intense which is cool but like he gets this thing where he has to say like the guy's name like the full name like i'm gonna get you jerry lawler like like you're yeah, Shawn Michaels. Talking. He loves Shawn Michaels. Right. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Like he's talking to the person. You don't have to say their full name when you're talking right. to the person. So, like when he does that, I don't know. It almost feels too scripted when he when he does that. Um, you know, not that it was even scripted back then, but it just feels that way. And like Lawler's just like looking, and it's like Lawler's just like, oh, I know I'm gonna eat you alive. The way just just by the way you're talking, and he does. Like he's just so smug. And he just really knows how to make a feud work. So, like, it's, it's you know, just the way it's built, it just sucks. Like, it sucks so bad what happened because I was really looking yep. forward to um, how they could have done this. And, you know, especially with the guys that were supposed to be the Knights, too. Like, if Lawler would have worked, like, like Terry Funk was going to be a Knight at one point. Um, Glenn Jacobs or uh, not Glenn Jacobs, uh, not Kane, but another guy that was a, a bigger guy. I forget his name. Um, but there was a couple guys that, like good Greg Valentine. I think was rumored to be a knight. Um, I think he is one. Oh, I think he actually is one. But I, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he would have been revealed as an actual credible person, right? right? Like, we'll, we'll. I don't know. We'll get to it. But they're kind of treated as jobbers, and exactly. Uh, they they could have meant something, right? Valentine coming back, like big Northeast guy, like that could have been a big deal. Yeah, so maybe maybe those are the ones that we're supposed to or we're gonna be. But I know Terry Funk was gonna be, but he backed out, and it just could have been so good 
Um, but it just sucks because like, I love this build, and especially like me personally being such a big fan of like, the, and, and, and I was also reading or, or listening to a podcast or something that Jerry Jarrett is involved a little bit in this time. Like he's starting to get involved with the booking. So I don't know if like, like there's been rumors of a steroid trial yet or if like, I know it's not happening yet, but I don't know if there's been word, but um, like I know a certain like title switch in a couple months is his idea. Like I think he's just helping right now, like maybe picking yeah. things because there's so many like uh, Southern talents on the roster too. So it kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, you can kind of feel this influence of this, like like heat built on the feud and everything like that. And uh, just would have been so awesome, you know, but it is what it is. At least we have like little things like this to, get it through um then from there we get a ludwig borga squash which is you know pretty cool nothing nothing crazy out of this one that i noticed um and then a uh luger and uh steiner's interviews from there so they come out and like they're sad to see tatanka out of the team like being injured with the you know bonsai on the ribs and everything like that they did a great job getting him out of there now do you know why they took tatanka out was there a reason for them to take tatanka out of that match did he get suspended uh, or something? No, he, I think he's still around. Uh, look at see if he's around house shows. I mean, I think they definitely want to take her in here. It's just weird right. they didn't break up the Steiner brothers uh, to right. do that. But let me, I'm going to look if he when he's around. So, yeah, so, you know, they do announce Undertaker as a replacement, and, like, he comes out. And it's kind of weird having, like, <laughs> like Undertaker <laughs> is, like, this mythical character. He's this dead man. And in the last two episodes, we've had him talking about, like, killing you if you drive drunk and now he's like this patriot all of a sudden like on the american team so um i guess you can look at it as he's like this hired gun you know like like he's the the guy that's going to take out the foreign fanatics and he's kind of shooting with yoko too so it makes sense there i don't know if that's why they made the pivot maybe because he's in the feud with yoko and maybe like i mean i think that's why but it's just weird they took him out versus um like Rick or Scott or something. Rick there. or Scott, right? Like they're they actually do that on uh, spoilers, but there's going to be another change on the face of the heel side. It's going to be more like that. So right, right. And I, I just real quick, I was history WWE. Tatanka's fighting all these different house shows, so he's not really injured. He wanted. I just got to read this because it's amazing. He won an eleven man battle royal, which sounds crappy, and the oh, people wow. dream that he these people that he eliminated: Timothy Well, Virgil, Marty Jannetty, Adam Bomb, Iron Mark Shark. Sharp, Steve, Stephen Dunn, Bob Backlund, Johnny Polo, and the One Two Three Kid. I mean, what a jobber parade that Holy that shit. battle royal is. So that's that that's that whole uh, big fish in a little pond theory. Right yeah, yeah, there. yeah, right. Yeah, so he, he he seems like he's around. So it's not an injury, but just interesting. Um, they kind of took him off for this. Wow. So yeah, I, I, it's cool to have Undertaker in this match. It's yeah. Kind of weird, weird how they did it, and it's kind of a weird fit, but. I'm not going to complain because I do like the chemistry so far with him and Yokozuna and Cornette playing off Paul Bear, that kind of thing. So um, pretty cool addition here. And, I, you know, he's added to the match officially. So we have Taker on the face side now of the Survivor Series match. Yeah, the other couple of notes I had was uh, it's weird. They, they like it just seems like they somewhere along the way they've just lost money or people or you know lost their way because Howard Finkel actually does the interview here, which <laughs> I don't know if he's ever done another interview. Right, like Gene's gone, Joe Fowler kind of sucks. Like so, it's weird that now that Howard Finkel's doing in ring interviews. 
Uh, the, the last match is that Tataka will be the, with them in spirits. And I'm always confused also when Tataka, they always call him the Native American Tataka. They like, never say his name. Like, right. to really, I guess, get over his gimmick. Uh, and I just put that here, the crowd screening is out of control in this. Like, Luger's just talking and the crowd's like screaming. It's like, no one screams like that. So, exactly. Uh, but the taker does get this monster, monster, monster pop uh, coming out and then revealing his uh, American flag uh, in his jacket. The crowd, the crowd went nuts for him. So like you, like you said, kind of weird, kind of unique, but he's just so over that this gives some more, definitely more credibility than he's a bigger star than Tanaka, but like weird, they just kind of pushed the Tanaka aside after giving him such a good push this whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get a Bastion Booger match. Uh, the only thing cool about this is that when he's entering the ring, they kind of do this again where three doings show up on the video screen. Uh, it still feels like it's Matt Bourne uh, doing this because, like, just the way he talks, and he's kind of got an evilness to him. Um, yeah. I really like. So uh, this this is awesome. So I really, really like this. Uh, Booger is garbage, uh, but it's a minute match, so it, nothing comes off. Um, then we got – we're going to get our main events, uh, which is going to be Razor Ramon and the model Rick Martel. Uh you know, these, this is kind of a better spot for the model, right? Like fighting, yeah. we had a couple, a couple weeks ago where he fought Tatanka. Like fight Razor, like fight these type guys where they're, they're good. Your squash matches aren't good. So really fun match, pretty short, but, uh, the, the, the crust for the match is that Harvey Whippleman comes out to cheer on the model and then they try to do a, uh, you know, distract Razor. Model goes for the, off the top rope with an elbow drop. Backfires. He, he runs into, uh, to uh, Harvey, and then Razor throws him into um, Atomic Drop, pushes the model into Harvey, and then uh, Razor wins by a count of victory. A little bit of a short of a match, given that it's a superstars match. They, you know, something should have been like more ten minutes. It was only five minutes, uh, mm-hmm. but that you know, fun little match. Both guys are very pretty skilled. Razor's super over in this, uh, but after the match, you know, Harvey model starts pushing around Harvey, and like, why did you blame me for this? I don't know if they made this a title match. I can't remember. Uh, but you know, model really is pissed off about this. Uh, then you get Adam bomb comes out. Diesel comes out. IRS comes out. They all start like shoving each other, yelling each other's face. And then they finally kind of all agree that, Hey, we are going to, um, you know, stick together. We're, we're all, all bad guys. We all want to beat the faces. Let's, let's be a team for one. So little, um, you know, fighting within the, the heel group, but you know, fun, fun little match for a, a mass, for a, uh, for uh, superstars, nothing too, nothing, nothing too, too awesome from it, and nothing big coming out of it. But maybe shows there's some suspension in the ranks of our, the heels. Yeah, so like, like when they do a uh, you know big profile match like this, I don't mind them making like, like a storyline match like that, like you know making something build towards the pay per view and kind of showing a continuity between Martel's team because it did look like he was going to turn on Polo. And then yep. it kind of like adds that wrinkle to the match of the pay per view. Like, is Polo gonna piss Martel off during the match, or you know what I mean? So that that's cool because that, they've already had that kind of history of something happening between them. Um, sorry, I mean Harvey pissing off uh, Martel in the match. But yeah, this is a much better showing for Martel too. Like, as opposed to a simple squash. Like he's kind of I don't want to say beneath that, but he's like so tenured that it just doesn't look right with him. Um, so like something like this, the high profile match with the IC champ is, is a little bit better on superstars. Uh, it was just kind of weird also seeing like Diesel and Adam Bomber, these huge guys playing the peacemakers instead of like the ones causing all the problems out there. So, um, that dichotomy was a little weird. 
and then after that, we get uh, a hype for our Survivor Series showdown with yep. uh, Brett and Yoko in the main event, which is awesome. Like I, I, I like how they're playing off the history of those two and everything. Just this feels like a really big main event, like the way they hype it up. So that was cool. Um, then we get we close it out with um, Diesel versus a Jobber, and you know now that we're getting like Diesel full time, like as a you know competitor and getting him on the screen more like I, he was like the last missing piece it felt like to me of like the new gen era so like it's really starting to feel full-time new gen now like diesel's full-time wrestling razors in there um you know you got sean who's a little absent right now but you know we're gonna see what happens with that brett kid like those are like the guys i feel like taker um like they make up the new generation era, like the the stalwarts of it so like now that he's kind of you know, becoming a full-time guy in the ring, it just feels like that's kind of really starting to come on now. Um, he wins with the right hand again. He still kind of sucks in the ring. It's still kind of uh, trying to find his footing, I guess, as to what he's going to be. Like, if he's just going to be more of the bodyguard with the power moves and the, and the kind of just, you know, one-minute match or what. But <clears throat> you're not really going to get anything out of a diesel match at this time. So if you're looking for that, don't really expect it. Um, and then we close out like the with words from Johnny Polo and Cornette, um, two best managers in my opinion in the company. Like they're they just know how to work their characters. They know how to be like little weasels, like little assholes. Like just you know, fun little segment from them too. Nice little close to the superstars. Yeah, let me get into my. Uh, I don't have too much. The only thing I had on Diesel was that like I actually missed this match in my notes. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I just I don't follow him right now. I just don't like him. I think he's kind of nothing. Um, he's just treated as nothing. He doesn't look good in the ring. I agree with you. He is definitely the new Dread. Like this is definitely a new gen thing of like Diesel being there. But mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just not sold on him yet. And we'll see when we get to the big the big match by the Rumble if that starts turning him. But like right now, I just feel like he's a nothing. Uh, just my opinion. No, I, I, I get that. I get that 100. I think like you know me coming full time around like 94 ish, like around the time, like he was cook, like really heating up and then about to become champion. That's like how I always see him. So it's, it's like this little period is a little rough to see, but it's, I still have like that vision in my head. So where you've probably watched it earlier and you've seen yep. this come on before. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah, this is what I think of kind of thing. So I get it, um, and, and he may never come around to you because like, he's not a great worker. Like I'm not gonna like turn around and say, "Oh no!" Like you're gonna find all these great matches from him or anything like that. But um, he is definitely a an acquired taste, I guess you could say. Yep. Uh, we're going to um, uh, we got one more raw, right? Should we go into plugs yep. first? Yeah, so my main plug this week is, uh, just want to give us some focus, is going to be the Wrestling Warzone. Um, they covered the Pillman gun episode with, with Austin, which is such a huge, like, like, I know we're covering to Survivor Series 97, which makes it more linear, like Brett and Sean, Brett and Sean. You can argue when the exact start period of the Attitude Era is, or if there's some kind of, like, Yep. Um, middle period to it if you want, but that episode is so attitude era feeling and they did such a great job covering that. Like the, the podcast is like two and a half hours and it definitely deserves it. Like 
I definitely recommend listening to that. It's probably their best show um, to date. You know, they, they, they've been doing it a while together, so they have chemistry, but I think they kind of went above and beyond on that one. So um, definitely give that a listen. And if you, you know, I, I know it's been, that show's been covered. You've heard it from, you know, all different podcasts, whatever, but really, really check it out because they go in depth as kind of like the climate that it creates, you know, going forward and, and the risks they took doing it. So um just really want to put a lot of focus on that show. Yep. Agreed on that. And then I'll, I'll, I'll just say real quick, the, the wrestler that was by Aaron George, uh, I'm, listen, I'm I know I'm always behind, so I apologize, but I'm on the Mr. Perfect one, uh, a great, interesting look at a guy that had some really big, like three years of awesomeness and a couple like, hanging around years, right? Like kind of a wasted 92. I get he was injured, right? 91 and 92. Uh, but right. a kind of interesting guy to go through. So these are, these are awesome. It's Aaron George for an hour, hour and a half ish. Just walking through a guy gives the, gives a very fair presentation of everyone. Uh, so great stuff. Uh, you know, every other Tuesday with ruthless aggressive era, um, but with, um, with, uh, going through the, the ruthless aggressive era, you know, Oh two, Oh three era. And then Je- Wednesdays is always Jenny position. So what about Pluto is my favorite on, on that. Did just listen to one with cheers. I uh, just listened to Chad Campbell on Jeopardy. So great stuff. She's always bringing every Wednesday is her day. So uh, tons of great stuff every day, but you know, those are some of the big ones I've been listening to lately. Oh yeah. And you also, I listened to your um, episode on the place to be You killed it on there. So uh, Thank you. kudos to you on that. Uncle Doug, you, you made it. Yes. You made a good appearance on there. That was good. Yes, appreciate it. Yeah, SummerSlam. Uh, that was SummerSlam 2008. Oh, so a little different yeah. era than this this era. Uh, but right. uh, both both fought in different ways. So should we go on to our last Raw then? Yes, sir. Uh, we are on to uh, back half of the, the live taping that we did um, last time. So this is the, the second half of it. Uh, so it's 11-15 Raw. Uh, Vince makes the announcement that says Savage has been barred from – from uh, commentary duties uh, as a result of the brawl last week. Uh, so we just have Vince and Bobby, which is not my favorite grouping. And I let me just double-check my notes where I have it. But they did announce that the King is having some legal problems, as they put it, and yeah. that it's now going to be Shawn Michaels in this night. So really quickly threw that in there. It looks like it's during the first match because um, uh, we get Razor out first. But it looks like it's the first match that, that we're – that Vince, that they mentioned Jerry Lawler's gone. So kind of weird here that Raw, Jerry Lawler's gone. They have him on the Superstars taping. So they must have been really scrambling, like wondering what the hell they were going to do for this, uh, you know, Survivor Series with, you know, Lawler now out. Shawn Michaels has been suspended, but now they're just going to randomly bring him back. Like definitely in a tough spot, uh, spot here to start. But we get Razor and Brooklyn Baller. Razor wins with the Razor's Edge. So nothing too much, but kind of the big takeaway was like, if you're kind of watching this, is like, whoa, the King's gone and Shawn Michaels is back? It's just like such a big shock. Yeah, what what do you think about them choosing Shawn to fill that role? Do you think he's the, he's the guy to fill that role? I, I mean, he's he's the only one open. I can't think of anyone else, right? I don't know what, they would have to do so much reshaking. And I imagine at this time, they had the Owen Feud ready to go right i okay. imagine right don't i, I yeah. imagine they, they thought like hey we gotta i mean that's yeah. i mean that's the match is for so i'm guessing like when they try to think okay what can we do right like it probably would have been better just doing sean and brett's right and kill the knights off and kill off the hart family like do we really need to see bruce and and um 
Keith, Keith Harrison, right? Do we really yeah. need to see that match? But I'm guessing they had the Brett, the, the Owen stuff lined up, and they're like, when are we going to do this if not now? So Right. No, that that makes perfect sense because they did have – I've read it before that Brett, you know, handpicked Owen. Like they right. talked about Bruce, but he wanted Owen to do it. So, yeah, that makes sense. And I guess Sean, you, you could definitely do – um, you could do worse than Sean. I mean, he's a great right. choice choice for that. It's just like weird timing how he's coming off the suspension and like all this other stuff and just gets slotted right into it. But like you said, like who else could you really put in that role? You can't really like most of the other heels are in the foreign fanatics, like the right. at least the, the hot ones at the moment, you know. Yeah, I mean maybe Crush or you know could have done something like Crush or a tag team match with Crush somehow involved like he's not in anything right now or just do Brett and Sean as like a rematch from last year like Sean's like hey I'm pissed about that loss I'm gonna take you on now that you're free or something you know who knows but obviously this really sucks for them right they had taped so much you, you kind of mentioned they taped so much with the king and now they have to run away uh from it yeah so like my fantasy booking mind would be like oh bring in Brian Christopher from, from USWA he's the, <laughs> the son of Jerry Lawler I know it probably would spoil a lot of money down in memphis cause, revealing that because they didn't really do it yet at that point but um yeah I, i'll sean is a, a good replacement i'm not gonna really bitch about it as much as i'd like to see more memphis guys in the wwf at the time so um after that quick squash we do get some words from crush and he's got like the, this cool like yellow purple and silver combo going on with his tights like i don't know i'm just really loving this like heel look on crush and just the way he's performing um, he's playing the character well. I think Macho's like inspired him. He feels like it's not like a main event program or anything like that necessarily, but it is a huge program in the promotion. So, um, I think he's feeding into that well. And then we get a quick squash with the head shrinkers versus a couple jobbers. Yeah. Um, they actually, they actually give the jobbers like a couple hope spots, which is weird for the head shrinkers. Like they usually don't give them any offense. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then dominate from there on and get the win. So, as you would expect, the head shrinkers just uh, destroy them. I don't know if you had any words on that match at all. No, uh, Sanders squash. I like the head shrinkers a lot, uh, but they're kind of stuck in this crappy feud um, with a uh, with Doink, right? Right. So I, I think they showed highlights again of Doink, you know, with with Booger, right, on the screen. Yep. So they showed the highlights yep. of that. Uh, and they don't get done that before to the head shrinkers as well. Uh, then we get another preview, and I'm sure we missed a bunch of these, but there's a ton of previews for the Survivor Series Spectacular that's coming up next Sunday. And I did see there's no Raw next week, so they show a replay of it pretty much as replacing Raw. But they right. do a great job of, like, hey, on April 4th, like, this match happened. Uh, no mention of Hogan sneak, sneaking the belt in, but, you know, basically say, hey, Brett's finally got his rematch. So uh, really great promo, I thought, really well done uh, there. Uh, and then they show highlights of uh, the Undertaker uh, taking the place of uh, Tatanka. So they show highlights of the the announcement from Superstars. So really kind of like you know flowing off each other very well. And then we get our, our main event, the the call in match from um, from from last week, where we have Pierre of the Quackers versus Luger. A uh, fun match. I really think they've done a good job of building up this like. Foreign Fanatics versus um, the USA team, All-American team. Uh, Luger looks great here. The crowd's definitely all into him. Uh, but, of course, uh, you know, not, two guys that are okay, right, workers, no, nothing go away. So they just got to, 
know, play off each other pretty well, but not Luger forearms, uh, 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 sorry, forearms Pierre and knocks him out and completely, it's kind of like the no Yoko cell of the, uh, from SummerSlam, but he completely knocks out Pierre. Like Pierre can't get him out. Uh, Jock is so concerned for him. They bring a stretcher job out for him. Really well done. Really making the, the elbow seem like it's a big deal again after kind of, we haven't seen Luger much recently. Like after SummerSlam, right. like, this might be his first match, but they kind of, they kind of put out how deadly that elbow is. Um, so they take, they take Pierre out. And then even when they go to Todd, uh, to who does the, the, the uh, Survivor Series report right after it, to, Todd even says that, um, you know, this might have knocked Pierre out of the Survivor Series. So they really put up how deadly that, that move is. Uh, fun match, good good build up, kind of random, like we said, the Colin votes, but they've now taken out uh, a, one of the. It seems like they've taken out one of the foreign fanatics now. Yeah, so like I, I I thought the crowd was hot as hell for this finish, and I love that. I love when the crowd really gets into it, and yeah. I also love the aspect of like, you know, you take one of our guys, we're gonna take one of yours, kind of thing. Yep. Like a like you know they took Tatanka out with the rib shot and everything now. I'm going to use this forearm, this like weapon that I have to take one of your guys out. So I think that's cool how they're playing that out. Like, I don't know if they really intended it that way. Um, but if they did, that's awesome storytelling because I think it just fits perfectly. Now you're wondering who's going to take the spot on a heel team. So yeah, um, it was awesome. They showed like the taker thing beforehand too. So it got in your mind, like, all right, the, the all Americans have already lost the team as well. Right. right. Lost, sorry. Lost a member already. Right, so it's just it's just beautiful storytelling, I think. It's like all these moving parts, and you kind of just like you're not gonna miss Pierre anyways. Like if Pierre's out of the match and somebody else comes in, it's it's most likely gonna be an upgrade anyway. So it's not right. the end of the world, you know. And, and the storytelling to get there was cool too. So um, I really liked how they did that. Well, that's kind of why we were we were kind of mashed about Tatanka. I'm like, why would they just not get rid of Scott or Rick? Like, yeah, at yeah. this point, neither of them are that over, right? Like, they're kind of interchangeably at this point. I get long term, they're not maybe the same, but at this point of their careers, like they're interchangeably. Right. So then, uh, from there, we get another Diesel squash. This one, nowhere like neither one of them were really fun per se. Like, but this one was kind of even more lame. Like. He wins with an elbow drop this time, so it's like they're really trying to find something for him. You know, they had the fist, now he's got an elbow drop, and this one was also kind of sloppy. There's a couple spots or there's had some miscommunication, so a little a little rough match. Um, like you mentioned, they did you know talk about on the Survivor Series report that it sounds like Pierre may be out of the match, so we're gonna have to look forward to that. Um, then we do close the episode with uh, Double J in studio. Yeah, uh, this is an awesome, awesome, awesome vignette. Like, this is such good character building here. Um, he's complaining about the music, like, just shitting on everybody. You get a cameo from Jacqueline, like, because she was in Memphis at the time. So, like, ah, I, was, I, I was like, that's had to be someone. Yeah, that's Miss Texas. She was, she was Miss Tex- Texas at the time um, in USWA heavily. So, like, that's definitely Jackie. Um, I, I wish she would have come up, too, like, in the WF this time, like, as, as maybe like a manager or, like, like a roadie-type character early on. But I don't know how many times we're going to get to see her, but that was um, – she was in there. And it, I just wrote, like, these vignettes have been awesome with Jared. Like, they're doing such a good job hyping his asshole country music star character. Like, um, just a good way to end the show, too, just kind of, like, the, after what you saw. This is the one – 
This is the one where he says I have to play the drums and the guitar, yes. right? This is this yes. part. Yeah, so he's yeah. like he's just such a jerk about it. And like I thought the guitar part wasn't that bad <laughs> when the guy was playing it, but J Double J's like over overacting. It's like, no, <laughs> right. no, 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 no. Right. Is is pretty amazing. So um Good stuff there. I did also mention that uh, one thing else on the Survivor Series report that it seems like Joe Fowler is done maybe because it was weird that Todd, I don't think, has done any of these. It's always been Joe Fowler, and now Todd mm-hmm. is done. And then my note is just Diesel is met with silence for his match. So I know I'm picking on Diesel a little bit, uh, but I, I just not not a fan. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Either, so. Right. Uh, and we're, uh, that, was, that was kind of it, but fun. Yeah. Fun. Fun super or sorry, fun raw building off the really the the main thing is the foreign fanatics versus the all Americans. They're making it out to be a big deal. Uh, interesting, they didn't do anything with Crush and Macho after such a hot week the week before, uh, especially because I know they tape these things. But the guys, both guys, would have been in the in the arena, so they thought they would have done like something else to kind of really build that. Because like you mentioned, that feud's been awesome. They kind of they kind of did nothing for it. So maybe my only complaint there is like I wish they would have built that up one more week um, here, but pretty decent. Raw uh, to kind of get us ready for Survivor Series, and, and they kind of mentioned you know the Survivor Series spectacular is coming up, which is a big deal with the title match on it as well. Right. Should we go to rewards then, or do you have anything else to add? Oh, we can go to the awards. Yeah, and I'm watch, I'm, re- I'm rewatching the Raw on, on the screen right now. It's the Macho Crush part of the fight coming out, and it's just so awesome. Like this beat yeah. out is, is so vicious. They're just throwing each other around. The refs are all over each other. It's just a great, great feud right now. Definitely. Uh, most new gen on a mission, or sorry, most new gen outfits. Uh, I'm gonna go with the men on a mission, like their yep. the first ones, the purple and gold really stuck out, so I'm gonna go with them. Yep, I wrote the same thing. Um, same thing. Uh, most new gen performer. Uh, this one's a little hard, like performer wise. I mean, I guess because of like his involvement, like with with the feud and. Him throwing Vince down and everything. I'm gonna go with Macho. That's good. Yep, I'm gonna go with uh, Double J. Both I thought both the skits were amazing this yes, week. They were. It's definitely very, very uh, new gen vignette uh, feel. To right. It. Like longer, right. longer presentation. You know, kind of similar to like a Million Dollar Man presentation, like these longer skits than just kind of like you know. That's a good call. We used to saw like you know smoking guns and we're just on the range and said we're gonna come to the WWF. These are kind of longer produced skits and, and well done so we'll get w double j uh the worst match or segments uh it's got to be the diesel squash like the the martel squash was pretty bad too but i'm, I'm just gonna go to diesel here because it was a little sloppy at times do you want to go raw or superstars because i'll go to the other one <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'll, I'll go superstars all right i'll get the raw one they're both bad i just kind of yeah play. yeah uh we got best match or segments uh, the the initial crush savage brawl for me like that macho throwing Vince to the ground was such like a eye opening experience that I I had to label that one. Yeah, it's a Vince being thrown to the ground is it, awesome. It's just it's yep. really well done. Uh, stock up. Uh, I'm gonna go Savage. Savage. I I, I haven't really given Savage like any awards as good as he's been. So I just really feel like. Giving him his flowers for his yeah. involvement in all this, but he's he's been stuck on the mic so much, right? He's been right. wasted kind of on the mic. It's it's fine if you want to take the summer off or something, but it just shows you how much potential this guy still had left, right? Yep. 
Yep. And it's a shame he's going to be gone in a year and then right back in WCW, like killing it at, at times. Exactly. Right? His, his WCW career is not great all the time, but he definitely has some great moments. So right. uh, definitely could have got some more usage out of him in the WWF. Uh, and then I'm, I'm going to go actually crush. I think again, he's been, both of them have been awesome. Uh, you know, there's a couple other guys that would throw names out there. You know, uh, I think Borg has been great. I thought Rick, uh, Rick or Scott Center was good in his match. Uh, and then the Quebecers have been great when they're fighting. So I think kind of all around, I thought there were a lot of prime time players in this uh, this set. I agree. Uh, stock stock down. Um, so I want I want to say Diesel for the squashes, but I'm going to go Jerry Lawler. He he. Um, yep, that's good. Everything that happened, it just dropped the ball, and especially the match I was really wanting to see. Bad so. timing. Yep. Bad yeah, timing. I'm, I'm going to go with Lawler on that. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tataka just because we kind of mentioned him. I know he wasn't even on this, but being, like, replaced, I get that The Undertaker's a bigger star, but kind of right. feels like he's going to – I wonder how long, if he's going to be, when he comes back, if he'll be a big star. But he was a – you know, he's going to be in the main event, and we'll see if he ever recovers from this. But kind of a disappointment to see him kind of quickly fall down uh, and, you know, kind of be just blindly replaced by The Undertaker and just forgotten about uh, for the Survivor Series. So That's a good call. All right, so that's it. Uh, that was episode 33, so we're moving along. Next week, we got one superstars and the Survivor, Survivor Series Spectaculars. A lot of asses in there. Uh, and then the following the following week, we will do uh, Survivor Series 93. So got one, one little gear up before the big pay-per-view, and then we'll be on the way. I'm uh, excited to watch this pay-per-view with the build-up. Uh, it's not my favorite pay-per-view of all time, but with the build-up, I wonder if I'll get more into it. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say I agree. It's not like I remember watching this back. I don't like, you know, as a standalone show. I didn't, I wasn't crazy about it, but this build has got me invested. So I want to see if that's any different, you know? Yeah, agreed. Uh, so yeah, thanks for everyone for listening, rating, and reviewing, and uh, we'll see everyone in two weeks. Thanks very much. All righty.